Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann and the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. We're in the food space today. You guys are going to love this brand called Blue Circle Foods. Got Stephen D'Amato and his daughter Nina on the podcast today. So fun to have both of you on. Thank you for making time to do the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So great this to have you both here. the first one we've done as a pair. Oh my gosh, seriously? <laughs> uh, that's so fun. I love it. I, I think it'll be great. And um, I'm, I'm glad you're both here. And what I love about it is you're going to bring different perspectives on the business, right? So it's kind of, that makes it exciting. Um, we're really happy that you're here. And and speaking of you both kind of having different backgrounds and, and thinking about what you were doing before Blue Circle Fields, Foods, help our audience to understand that, give them a sense of who you are, and then we'll get to the company. So let's start with Steven. Um, uh, yes, I'm the father. So uh, you should start <laughs> I got with that. <laughs> we'll start with the father. Um, anyway, Yes. Uh, started in the restaurant business, was doing that for 40 years and uh, was very frustrated. We were we were incredibly successful, um, but it required a huge amount of labor to produce a very small profit. Uh, and it just, you know, it was after a while, it, it runs you down. You don't have a life. So I wanted to try to flip the situation around. Uh, it In the restaurant business, it took 40, 50, 60 people to generate a few million dollars in sales. I wanted to be much more like a legal firm that, you know, specialized in something and were 10 partners generating $100 million. And that's kind of what we wanted to do. The other thing that was frustrating in the restaurant business is the only way you really made money was you had to pay everyone as little as possible so that there would be a profit at the end of the year. Sure. And I I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to have a company in which uh, we could pay everyone, you know, really good salaries. We're not just talking living wages or working wages. We were talking about, you know, wages where they could really be the primary keeper in the family. So uh, the company got started really through uh, the restaurant business. We were an unusual restaurant. We we eliminated the middleman as much as possible. We bought stuff from farmers, uh, which created huge challenges because we would buy animals, not, you know, selective cuts of meat. So we had to figure out how to get rid of all the different cuts of meat. But it was through that we wanted to be different. We wanted to focus on organic and being really healthy. And at the same time, um, we wanted to be special. We we wanted to create something that uh, was meaningful for us and hopefully meaningful for the customer base. And we were the first organic restaurant in the country. Um, wow. And we, yeah, and we helped uh, Senator Leahy with some of the uh, groundwork on the getting organic legislation through. So that was our beginning. And what we did, and I did both of them for a while, the, the fish business and the restaurant business, as I was weaning my way out of the restaurant business. Sure. And uh, but, but we used the same thing. We wanted to work with farmers. In this case, we work with salmon farmers as opposed to beef farmers. 
and we wanted to eliminate the middleman and we also wanted to go directly to the end users and our end users in the beginning were whole foods was our our primary end user and uh, they were very supportive of of helping us uh, launching us and getting us started. Got it. I love that. Well, thank you for that. All right, over to you, Nina. Share a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump into the business of Blue Circle. Yeah. Well, uh, I joined uh, Blue Circle about eight years ago, and before that, um, you know, I obviously grew up in the restaurant industry, always around food. It was very much a family business. My um, my dad, my uncle, and my mom were um, started the restaurant, running it constantly. You know, it was like a another child for them. So I always grew up in the food space um, and understanding sort of the toll of what that takes. And um, ended up going to Parsons School of Design in New York, uh, studied art, uh, <laughs> worked in uh, <laughs> museums, and then <laughs> very quickly realized, um, you know. It, I wanted to be back in DC um, with family and the opportunity arose. And so I joined the team and, it, and it's been really wonderful working closely with family. I mean, everyone always asks how it goes and we really do gel quite well. Um, I get to work with my uncle and my dad every day and a bunch of amazing people here. So it's really, really um, cool. It's just been, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get awesome. to that too. I'm going to, I want to ask each of you about some of what you, you own and whatnot in a few moments in the business, but um, in terms of your like roles and whatnot, but um, all right. Blue Circle Foods, employee owned sustainable seafood company founded in 2005. You can check them out at bluecirclefoods.com. Um, talk about what, so you're in the restaurant business. It's, it's different uh, launching a food business, like, you know, when you're sourcing. So talk about how you made that move and what were some of the first steps to even launching this business? Well, we had a relationship with Whole Foods. And so seafood was always an interesting uh, category. Uh, it's underappreciated in the U.S. You know, we're always trying to get seafood consumption up. And, you know, there's like Neanderthals working in the industry. There's not a whole lot of creativity. There's not a whole lot of dynamics. So uh, it's it was really an opportunity for someone to move into that space and sort of try to do something new. Oh, primarily owned by old, you know, seafood companies, a lot of, you know, sort of fat white guys that were buying, you know, that were in charge. So here we come on, you know, this, our company Blue Circle is, there's 16 employees and there's only four men. So uh, it's really a female driven company. And uh, that's really different in the space. Sure. So. We're just trying to be as innovative as possible, and we have the food background to be innovative. You know, we have a terrific production uh, product uh, developer. Deve yeah. yeah, developer, and uh, we really understand how to process food. Um, and so it was an easy transition to make, um, and it, it it wasn't it wasn't difficult. It wasn't a struggle. We didn't have to spend years starving. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think Stephen is a little bit underselling himself uh, <laughs> because I think working in the restaurant gives you sort of a work ethic like no other um, sure. and understanding there's no, you know, nights and weekends uh, really. And so I think that this sort of work ethic of 24 hours a day was already built in. And so entering into a space where you're dealing with a very perishable product was not something 
that scared them away. Sure. Makes sense. So why the seafood space? So you guys are focused on aquaculture, which is fish farming, wild caught fishing practices. Like, How did you decide this is the space we're going to go into? Is it because you saw it as kind of old state and not really, you know, I'd say dynamic and moving? Yeah, absolutely. And at the same time, um, we had worked for a very small period of time in the beef industry, and it's just way too controlled and dominated by huge multinational companies. So it was really much harder. And, you know, I didn't want to be a farmer. I mean, that's not my my strong point. And so, uh, or, you know, it, it was just obvious that seafood needed help. Got it. Okay. So how did you figure out the the setup and what you were going to, like, what you were going to source and what was going to become an actual product? Like, how did you sort through just deciding what it was you were going to make? Products like Beyond Beef are, you know, um, uh, sort of an innovative product, but I, I don't think it was necessarily what the customer wanted. And we started producing products that I thought were healthier and better than and less processed, you know. So that's where we always wanted to go. It just took us a very long time to do the R and D to figure out how to do it. Sure. And uh, so what we wanted to do is look at a burger is a perfect example. There, there's, there's going to be the hottest selling salmon burger on the market. We would like to be that one. I think we have the best burger on the market simply because we have the only burger on the market that's 98% fish. And every other burger uses all these binders and eight other agents and other, you know, you can read the label and not understand what they are. We wanted from the very beginning to to be the burger that didn't use binders, emulsifiers, food coloring, or preservatives. And you can do that in seafood pretty, um, I don't want to say pretty easily, but but it's possible. Sure. I also think that in the food, the food industry is slowly changing to less processed food. The problem with like a Beyond Beef is it's highly processed. You, you could read the ingredients and not understand more than half of that label. So we wanted to, someone to pick up the thing and say, oh, I understand all this information. You know, um, it's just 98% fish and 2% spices. And these are spices that come from, you know, you, you find in your kitchen. Sure. So how, how did how could we do that? We, we did it by using the technology of the machinery pressure and timing and speed and temperature as opposed to using the chemistry of potato starch and you know all wheat binders and all of their kinds of emulsifiers to give it this texture or that texture or to hold it together so and it, it literally took us years of of failing before we figured out how to do it and of course we went around to lots of different processors and they said you you can't do it and it's because no one really tried to do it got it you know we're not we're not geniuses we just kept we kept pursuing it so i think all of our products are really based on that you know that we 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 don't want to create a new category of products but we want to take the same products just like beyond beef did they wanted to have a burger you know that was what right. they came out with first Right. We want to we want to do the same thing. That's what people are comfortable with. They know how to cook it. 
except that ours are, are a little different in the sense that we wanted to ours cook from frozen and and most people are scratching their head you mean i don't have to defrost it and our attitude has always been if you defrost it you lose half the moisture right. <laughs> it, all, right. it all melts out <laughs> whereas if you cook it the moisture is is helping the cooking process so you can throw our burgers on the grill frozen as McDonald's does, by the way. McDonald's doesn't cook from defrosted burgers. Everything you do is frozen. Sure. So, you know, you look, at, you look at some companies that do things really, really well, and you, you take away, oh, you know. When I went to the first McDonald's factory, I couldn't believe the level of detail that McDonald's took on their processors. I mean, they send in auditors to audit the books of the processors to make sure that they're financially sound. And I was thinking, oh, my God, they they go to that effort because they don't want to partner up with someone who goes bankrupt. Right. So I thought, you know, that level of care and concern I was inspired by. And so when the more factories you, you visit, the more inspiration you get and you take away this good idea and that good idea. And Blue Circle hopefully is an uh, an accumulation of lots of good ideas. Sure, love that. Um, you've got smoked salmon, fillets and shrimp, sausages and hot dogs, burgers and happy fish. And by the way, all those products are um, based on seafood as they're based. So, okay, how, so you said it took a long time to find a processor. So, how long? And then, like, wh- who finally did? Did you finally say? Did one say, okay, we'll try it? Or what? What did that look like early days? Oh. It was worse than that. <laughs> no. Oh, good. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. We ended up, we believed that we could do it. And we felt strongly that we could do it. And we tested it out in uh, the the machinery company's kitchens. And so once we were confident we could do it, we basically found two suppliers that would let us set up the production lines in their factories to produce the product with the understanding that we would we would do all the capital expenses of the machinery, which was considerable. And uh, over time, after we showed them that it was a successful business, they were obligated to buy all the equipment back because we are not in the, uh, you know, processing equipment business. Sure. And we also are not, you know, I don't want to be a processor. We can only do so much. And I think that trying to market and push the concepts of what we're doing out there uh, is a full-time job. Wow. Interesting. And okay. I'll just add layer on top there is just, you know, I think one of the things is Stephen does and we, we all do different components of it, but Stephen really started by traveling through Europe and meeting so many people in the industry from farmers to fishermen to processors and really understanding, um, you know, who each player is and who to partner up with. So throughout the journey, it's um, a lot of visiting and, and in person and meeting people. And so, you know, over the years, really get to know people and really know sort of who to partner up with through through each of the yeah. Yeah. journey that's perfect thank you for that detail yeah and and you know i listed off a bunch of products and they're all on your site here all packaged products and whatnot so did you start with all of these or was it like we're going to start with the colossal black tiger shrimp or the sockeye smoked salmon like did you say we're going to go with one to begin with and then build on it from there how did that work 
absolutely. We started with smoked salmon, which was the one we wanted to prove that you didn't have to use preservatives. Uh, and we were able it. to do that. Sugar. And then we realized sugar. we didn't want to use sugar either. And, and you know, sugar is, does a wonderful thing to smoke salmon. It makes it rounder and softer. But we're Americans. We eat too much sugar. So, And you don't need the sugar. Our smoked salmon tastes wonderful, and it has no sugar. And we get copied a lot because we were absolutely the first to put no sugar on the label. And now everyone is starting to recognize that that's a selling point. No sugar. People are looking for products without sugar. Wow. And they're also surprised that there's sugar in smoked salmon. I was going to say, is, I didn't even know that. I was like, sugar? Yeah, exactly. Who knew? Wow. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you're going to start with so smoked that, salmon. That was the first product. Got it. Yeah. And then what we realized is that we were good at this. So we moved into uh, burgers was next and then sausages Into came. value added. Yeah. yeah. So Ooh, value added. And then we okay. came with sausages. No, we, did happy fish. we did happy fish first <laughs> because all the technology we used created happy fish. And then that's when we thought we can do the burgers with the same technology. We can do meatballs, which Nina says I'm not allowed to mention because we didn't launch it yet. And we <laughs> Too late. <laughs> so funny. So, meatballs. Uh, oh my God. It, it, all, it all really came off the idea of, of being a different type of processor. And the only way we could do that is that we had to find people that thought, you know, it was a good idea, but didn't want to take the financial risk. And the financial risk was the equipment. And sure. so we bought all the equipment. We set up the lines. We let them use the lines because uh, there's some of the machinery can be used for different products that we don't make. And sure. um, it, it has been the key to our processing success is finding those partners. Got it. Okay, so um, Nina, I saw you started in supply chain, which I was like, supply chain with your creative background, but um, <laughs> so for like a number of years, you were in that there. I'm like, well, wait, artistic yeah. and then supply chain manager. But um, like, where did, what was, like, where were you guys selling at first? Was it only Whole Foods or was it other? Like, how were you guys selling product like when it was just a smoked salmon? Yeah, I mean, I think what's true for many entrepreneurs and small businesses, everyone knows like, you know, you all wear multiple hats. So, when we when i started i mean the best way it's like in the restaurant you know you don't go right to the top you learn how the servers work you learn how the dishwashers work you you know you kind of gain the best knowledge is to have experience so i started i was demoing in whole foods um i was doing anything and everything we needed and that was just you know i've i've essentially gotten a better understanding of each job in the company so you can really help somebody when they have a problem because you understand really what the, the challenge they're faced with. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I actually can't remember your original question. <laughs> you were like down a path. I was saying uh, when you just had the smoked salmon, was it that was, did you have a customer then? Were you selling e-commerce? Was it Whole Foods? Like, how did you get some yeah. initial traction? And because you needed some volume, right, to be to then launch the other products. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we we definitely realized we were good at it. And we have a brand at Whole Foods that they wanted exclusively. So it's called, a con there's a concept called a control brand where, you know, we produce it. Uh, it's our brand, but we agreed to only sell it at Whole Foods. And that brand really took off, changing seas, it's called, at Whole Foods. 
And so once we were able to do that, we thought oh, we should do our own brand now. And it, our, we didn't come out with the idea from the very beginning that we would be doing our own brand. But what we realized is, is that that's really where the value of our company is. If we can create a brand, which is not easy, uh, and it's certainly really expensive. Sure. And it also takes people like Nina and not me. I'm a, I'm a key component in the business, but communicating and dealing with PR people and uh, <laughs> you know, all, right. all of that other stuff is really what she's so good at. Sure. And so we're going to talk about this, I, I think you said later, but we, we respect each other's capabilities. And it's not like I teach Nina everything. I would say at this point, she's teaching me more than I'm teaching her. And that, um, you know, I respect her abilities to figure things out. And uh, when you don't have a lot of people in a company, you do lots of different things. And I think it keeps your job interesting. Sure. Yeah, no question. Um, okay, so you start off with one SKU and uh, uh, was it all was it all e-commerce? Was it retail as well? And then talk, talk about how no, no, e-commerce. Yeah, e-commerce was fairly recent. Um, Got it. And and that was um I'd say in the last few years, we just launched e-commerce. I mean, shipping perishable products is very expensive. So, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, the retail space is really where the best opportunity lies. Um, and really, that's where you can offer the consumer the best price point, right? Because they don't have to pay. For right, it. for but all we the wanted shipping to be product. Offer, yeah. Exactly. Um, and we ship all of our products frozen. So then you yep. have to add it. It's a lot of packaging. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, there are people that don't live close to... Um, you know, of one of the of Fresh Time or Meyer or wherever it is that we sell our products, which you can go on the website and, and search store locator. But so we wanted to be able to offer that um, ability for those that could afford and um, are interested in the products. But really growing through retail is is the focus. Yeah, it makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um, yeah, by the way, I love the packaging. I love that blue color. Whoever did your packaging, I think, did a great job. Um, it's very, it, it just marks your, your product in a good way. And look at, you're actually in many stores near where I live here in Atlanta at Whole Foods, at Fresh Market. All right, got a number of places I can go find it. Um, okay, so <laughs> enough about me. So you guys, you talked about dividing up the work. How, how Tell me what each of you, what do do one of you own elements versus others? Like how have you guys worn or just divided up the hats, I'll call it? The hats are divided by what you do best. And so um, I'm I'm pretty much the one who interfaces with processing and, and with the, the farmers and the fishermen. So I travel a lot. And Nina is and Nina now is traveling with me because this is a uh, a slow handover, you know, that this is going to be her company in the future, not mine. And uh I I think that she's uh well you can tell them what you you <laughs> Yes, Nina. Yes. So I um I I kind of do all the external facing work. So, you know, I, I my art my art um background isn't completely lost, which is great. That's so great. I get to use that yep. with the designer on packaging and um we just relaunched our brand. So that was really fun and exciting to do a brand relaunch. Um, you know, changing the look and feel and kind of bringing you know 
everything up to speed and what people are seeing in CPGs and uh, also working communication. We have director of marketing. So it it's really fun because I get to interface with so many d- different people in the company. And, you know, everyone does, uh, you know, holds up their end of the bargain doing an amazing, amazing work. So it's not just like Stephen and I, um, you know, doing all the things. It's Thomas and um, running all the numbers and he's working on all the financing. So it, it's really it's really a team. It's sure. a very linear company. So it feels really good. And, um, you know. And Stephen, the father, is very happy <laughs> to see some sort of, you know, payback for all the money he had to spend to send her to Parsons. <laughs> I'm sure. You know. Man, it is when, so fun when, having both of you on here. It's <laughs> yeah. great. So, yeah, I'm sure um, it's very fun to be the dad and see the payback and your daughter taking over the business. And I mean, you got a great brand here and lots of runway. Um, I don't have to tell you that. But OK, um, looking forward next six, 12 months. What are the keys to growth besides meatballs or, or maybe meatballs are like the big idea? What do you guys think? I, I'll let Stephen do the majority of talking here, but I would say just just really growing um, where people can purchase the product. So growing the web of of uh, retailers where um, Blue Circle can be purchased. So you know more and more people get the chance to introduce seafood in really innovative ways into their diet. Because I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want people to feel like this is a really good, clean, healthy option that you can eat with your whole family, and and that's. Everyone, everyone here at the company loves our products, and so we want to be able to offer it to as many people as possible. It, it's difficult to get the products sold where we'd like them to, to be sold because it's usually not. They don't have. They don't. They're not a, set up that way. The sausages are, are a perfect example. We want the salmon sausages to be sold next to the chicken and the turkey and the right. beef and sausages that's where they should be sold but if, instead if stuck in the back in the frozen cabinet exactly. you know we know that's the kiss of death and so that's the the biggest focus is to get our products in the right spaces so that people can say oh salmon sausage yeah, they could be found yeah yeah right. so and i think that it's just we have to be patient but it, it's time they are they are all increasing in numbers in a really positive way um and i'm i'm sure that one of them will blow up on us and i you know yeah uh i'm convinced that's what will happen and we yeah, just have I to would be say- patient Keep, keep being persistent on that. Like, you know, we've had, like I mentioned, we're close to 550 guests on this, and a lot. And you're not the only one that's tried to disrupt, or working to disrupt a segment and needing placements in different parts of the store. And you've got retail buyers that that you know that's not in their how they're thinking a lot of times. So I'd be persistent because we've seen a number that have broken through that, and I'm sure you will too. Um, I was yeah, like, well, we have to break yeah. it. It, it, we break through it in two areas. One, we have to go to a different buyer. You know, exactly. The, it's the, totally the different buyer. buyer it's not the guy we have to go to. We have to go to the sausage buyer. Well, he's the meat buyer. Right. You know, so, so funny. So it's tough. Um, Great education for those who are listening. They don't know the space, by the way. Um, OK, uh, as we wrap up, I'd love for you to guys share two or three of your biggest lessons learned um, you know, as, as, as entrepreneurs. What would be some advice you'd share with others of our listeners? Well, whenever I tell people I work for <laughs> my family um, and they're always like, oh, they're so concerned. Like, how is that? They're always looking for sort of traps. And so I think, um, you know, don't yeah, just 
it, you can learn so much from people with experience and you don't know who those people are until you really start um, diving in. And, and it's so important to have mentors and um, identify who those people are so they can um, shine the light when you're in really difficult spaces and time. I love I, it. I think the biggest lesson out there, I think, is you got to believe in the products that you're selling. Uh, and if you're just a me too, you, you know, you can believe in it, but it that's not good enough. Think I think you really have to push yourself. And at the same time, for all the entrepreneurs that are out there, you you can't be losing money all the time. You have to be profitable. <laughs> right. Yeah. You have to be profitable and you need to take those profits and keep chasing the dream. Right. And so that it's really important to believe that your products are really as good as you think they are. I totally agree. Um, awesome advice. Okay, as we close, share with our audience where they can find you, uh, connect with you, check out your product. I've listed a couple things, but help us um, wrap up with those references. Yeah, I mean, so through our website is really going to be the best way. You can enter your zip code and find a retailer near you. Um, as you mentioned, we sell Changing Seas exclusively at Whole Foods, and all Blue Circle brands are sold via our website. And that's easy. Appreciate you guys both being on today. It's been fun having the father and daughter, Stephen and Nina D'Amato. Um, I really appreciate you guys being here. Like I said, I, I, there's so much growth in front of you and uh, a really fun pathway. I hope you'll come back on and share other stories with us down the road. Thank you so much. This Thanks for having great. us. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional ContenderCast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>